0: Hey, Philip, what's going on? Hey, Brian, good to see you, man. I didn't hear you knock.
1: I didn't know I had to knock.
0: Fair enough. So, what are we doing this week?
1: The same thing we do every week our podcast.
0: Ooh, let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock, the show where
2: two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious. Join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what.
0: Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and
1: Philip Goffrey. You know, my hair's getting a little bit longer these days because I have not had a haircut in, I don't know, maybe six months. And so... I'm getting that early Kurt Cobain look. So every time our theme song now on, it's like I'm getting that kind of early '90s headbang. Feeling going. a little rock star. Yeah, my my wife is like, you're getting you're getting Goldie Locks or like Golden Locks or whatever because it's starting to extend. She's like, because she goes, when are you gonna get a haircut? And I said, I thought I'd let it go a little bit more. And she just looked at me, and I and then I just gave her a sigh i'm like i don't know oh you
0: got the wife look
1: <laughs> yeah she didn't give the disappointing look she just you know waited for it you know you know what i mean <laughs> yeah that's pretty much
0: that's pretty much how elena communicates with me now she just kind of stares at me until i figure it out <laughs>
1: Wait, wait, he'll get there. There it is. There it is. Anyway, guys, welcome to the podcast. Neighbors Don't Knock. I'm Brian Chambers and And always.
0: Oh, and I'm Philip Coffrey. Brian, welcome to the house.
1: We got a great show for you guys today. It's good to be here as always. Cheers. I'm so glad. It's been a long week, man. Have you been been having a good week?
0: I've had a great week. Work's been good. Home's been good. It's, It's been a good week. You know, more and more people are getting vaccinated. I'm happy to see light at the end of the tunnel with COVID. The inauguration. Yeah, that was
1: really awesome, actually. Did you happen Did you happen to watch that?
0: It was on at work in the background, but we didn't have sound on, so I didn't get to hear any of the actual speeches or. It's
1: worth going back and watching. I thought it was it was great. It was it was really great. Neighbors don't knock is produced by C and G Communications. C and G specializes in small batch voiceover and video production for commercial media, podcasting, radio, and more. They combine years of experience in acting, podcasting, and sales to offer big market and media products at small business prices. To learn more, visit our Facebook page or email us directly at admin at neighborsdontknock.com. I'm excited. Let's go ahead and get into our guest. Why don't you introduce who we got coming on?
0: I could not be more excited for today's guest. Today's guest is my dearest and oldest friend. We have been inseparable since the first grade. It is Mr. Brian Loro. And he is calling in all the way from Greenwich, Connecticut.
1: Well, let's bring him on here, Brian. Hey, what a great name!
2: Yeah, I, you know, it's uh, I guess Phil substituted one for another. I'm I'm so happy to be here, guys.
1: Ouch! Ouch! Wow! <laughs> right, right right out of the right out of the gate, knife in the back. Oh, well, I lo- I you love know what, I, of Brian's all, love, all love, I, uh, all love. It's okay. I wouldn't expect any less. I would have done the same thing. You just happen to strike <laughs> first, uh, <laughs> so uh, so fair enough. Touche. I, I guess just to maybe not get confused, we can go by chambers, and uh, you can just, or you know, maybe I'll be Brian one, and you can be Brian two. I sure. think he would
0: be Brian one, and you be
1: Brian two.
2: Or we just get confusing, oh, and just that, say Brian, and see where it goes. And see
1: where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for. I'm all for that. Well, welcome to the show. Now, you're. How is the weather up there? Are you freezing up in Connecticut? It's cold.
2: Yeah, it's cold. You know, Phil left us up here, and I, I think we saw a 24 degree morning today, uh, with an increase up to 34, 35. So oh. hey, hey, t- hey, typical hey, Brian, northeast
1: winter. 65 with the highest mm-hmm. 70.
2: Yeah. Yeah, my my brother-in-law recently <laughs> moved down to Florida and all I get is weather reports and we're like, we get it. Yeah. We, we get it. it. We, get we get it. it. Fair enough. Entrees.
0: I get it. Yeah, I have a brother in Florida as well and all I get, you know, is picture after picture after picture of the beach. Uh,
1: no, in that in that great that you just love when people it's like, dude, we get it. It's like when you go someone goes on vacation to the tropics or some like amazing place and they post like a billion pictures on social media. I'm like, Dude, I, I get it, and I'd be happy too. But are you actually enjoying there? Or are you just taking pictures? Yeah. <laughs> as
0: if you can, as if you can blame them, right? Your first question out of the gate to our guest is, "How's the weather up there?"
1: <laughs> well,
2: it's you funny know. that you guys go on vacation to Florida. It's wild to me. Well, so, you know, it's from one you know, nicer beaches. Warm culture. Yeah, true. Yeah, nicer beaches. You but know, that say the... we
1: don't have beaches. We have it. We have the Gulf. I don't really consider Galveston the... a beach. It's a mud pit. It's a it's a it's a sandbox. Yes, yeah, so with you know, water that rolls up and washes everything away quickly.
0: Right. You, you go to the east coast or you go to the west coast and you see the waves sort of just like tickling the beach or crashing into this into the rocks oh, with oh, oh, surfers. Wait, wait, wait. With blue water. With blue water. <laughs> oh, right? right. Okay. He,
2: here in in, 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 the, in syringes too. You, well, you, in yeah. the northeast, you have to be really careful. Is, I didn't thursday. realize
1: that was a big problem up there.
2: It happens, you know, it's one of those things where you see some weird rubbery things wash up and you just have to move, move on.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like I was no big deal. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know, like maybe just move on. Just maybe just forget you saw it
0: when you and I were in our, our teenage years and driving around. We used to kind of park at those beaches often. Right. And you you'd very often see used condoms and the occasional needle, oh, things like absolutely.
2: that. Absolutely. And it, and it just seems like it came from Long Island. Well, because it
0: did. New
1: York kind of splashing <laughs> onto Connecticut. Right. They That's travel. because it did. They travel. They travel. Well, okay. They so on that note, okay, let's go back. How, how many years do you guys go back? Cause you, you're talking, you were just talking about how, when you guys grew up, but how, when was the first time you guys met?
0: I'd have uh, to run the math 80, on that.
2: I would say 87. 87 ish. Okay. Easy, easily. And, and Phil was one of my first friends, you know, he was, very welcoming and um so you know, so one of the you approached him faces.
1: so you approached him to be friends or was it a mutual God, like I, like oh I don't know we're just going to be friends
0: I think I approached you actually
1: you may have
2: because we had a couple mutual friends and you, you know it was New kid in first grade. Yeah, and Where you didn't and you
0: didn't come into the class at the very first day either. You came in after after first grade had started a little bit. So it absolutely. Was, yeah, you couldn't like hide, right? There were small classes as is. We grew up in Fairfield County, Connecticut, in the
2: woods, right? So there. So they're like pretty eight eight
1: towns. people total or something in your class? Maybe a bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little a little few more. Maybe oh, okay. a few more than that. Maybe ten, maybe like ten fifteen. Ten, ten, yeah. Ten, okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Was so it so Miss
2: Hogan? Mrs. Hogan?
0: Oh, dude! If you can re- if you right? can remember that, I'm blown away. I well, it's,
1: fir- I, I, it's first it's first grade. You don't remember your first grade teachers? No. Mrs. Mrs. Burns. I remember my first grade. T- How do you not remember your first grade teacher?
0: I don't remember anything. <laughs> like, my memory is so bad. There, there are maybe, there are maybe five teachers that I can think of at the top of my head, like through high school, that I remember their names. I, I don't have any idea. I don't know where I was. I, where am I right now? I, <laughs> it's, it's, I have no like, clue. It's like, it's a, if okay. this gets any more confusing for me, I'm running for president. Ah, uh, doctor. You, you get a doctor.
1: Good chance, <laughs> doctor. Doctor.
0: Damn it, I knew I should have concurred.
1: (laughs) 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 So, all right, so Brian, so you guys went to school together, and from the way that Philip describes you, pretty inseparable? It
0: just so happened that Brian lived right... Up the road from me, so we were able from a very young age to just jump on a bicycle and be at. Oh, one, that's the best. Yeah, be at yeah. one another's house in like five minutes. That's, that's same. That's same the bizarre
2: bus driver. Just that's right. Stops. You know, one of them couldn't really turn left or right. He just sort of pivoted. In his seat I forgot.
0: Look at your memory. I forgot about that guy. Yeah. but you know? it's true. He whenever wait, he had wait, to wait, yell wait. at us, he had to stop the bus. Remember and get up out of his seat because he couldn't rotate.
1: Wait, wait. Fully, so his fully body backwards to see the, the mirror he yeah. could not look up so he couldn't make True left turns with the bus or like he just couldn't turn his neck
0: no he couldn't turn he, his neck so oh
1: okay cuz I'm, I'm like i was like damn it would have taken you guys forever yeah. to get to school if all yeah. he could make is right yeah turns. really safe oh, yeah. by the
0: way like you got to love the 1980s like who thought it'd be a good idea to let that guy drive a bunch of fucking school kids to school I mean, he couldn't turn his neck
1: yeah, you know like he leaning was leaning
2: back to look oh. backwards in the mirror
0: just just <laughs> absolutely crazy i forgot all I, about him like, it was him. just wild yeah, so so Chambers, no joke. This guy, you know, we were kids and we were we were assholes because we were kids, right? So Absolutely. he would have to stop the bus. Oh, you're throwing frequently. you're in the back of the bus or the front? We were always in I was the was in the of back, the yeah, because oh, you're throwing stuff yeah. Always, right Yeah, Always. Yeah, we were we were the cool kids. hmm No, but it was multiple bus. grade levels, right?
1: I, I got invited to the back of the bus once.
0: Oh. Was it fun? What was his name?
1: It was ev- <laughs> 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 It was everything I hoped it would be. <laughs> And more. And more. And more. Yeah. <laughs> it only lasted one day.
0: Yeah. Truth or dare? Uh, Truth. No, you're getting dare. <laughs> yeah. You are getting dare. <laughs> no,
1: I, I, I couldn't handle it. It was too much. It was like too much excitement. And then I was, of course, the one that got caught. So then I had the rest of the semester. I had to sit literally right behind the bus driver Ooh. so she could watch what I was doing. So anyway, but I hear it was magical back there. And apparently you guys lived there. So...
0: No, this guy would stop the bus, but he couldn't yell at us because he couldn't turn his neck to see. So he'd have to get up out of his chair and, like, slowly rotate. You yeah,
2: Phil Phil lived in a cul-de-sac, and it took the guy 45 minutes to make it around. I mean, you talk about a three-point <laughs> turn. This this was uh, geometrically impossible to yeah. see how this guy made it. It
0: was like a battleship around. navigating a port. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> brutal.
1: Yeah,
2: you need but, like, but the guy had a license. You need, like, bumper
1: cars it. to, like, budge him or, like, just nudge him around the corner like tugboats. And, and I think about my
2: daughter getting on a bus like that now I just wouldn't
0: let her go well especially up there because you know when we were when we were in school when we were kids in the 80s snow days and things like that they were kind of rare I mean they happened but it's not yeah. like today's world where there's a flurry and like they shut down the entire damn area we saw that bus sliding all over the place there were a
2: couple times Brian when that bus slid off the road we got stuck well oh, absolutely they, they threw chains quote unquote on the on the bus to try to get us home safely yeah interesting yeah, can't turn his neck but
0: he can lift some chains it was a weird
2: <laughs> right and, and drive through a foot of snow on public roads well
1: you know, <laughs> that's when that drink kicked in yeah, exactly right? you know? he's like oh
0: god the crack finally hit here we go well,
1: all right so <laughs> since obviously you guys have had so much over the years where did your paths kind of lead you in different directions
2: so you know, from elementary school, we went to middle school. I think for a, a year or two, and then Phil went to private school. It was very from, nice. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Green's Farm Academy.
0: Yes, it was very nice.
2: <laughs> very nice. Maintained friends. I met his friends. He met mine. It actually worked out really well. Um, and then he moved to Houston, Texas. So actually, oh, you um, went to, it was
0: college. My parents moved to Houston, Texas, in 1999, and I went to Ithaca, New York, for school. So that's really where we started to kind of have diverging paths. But even while I was up there in Ithaca, it's only three and a half hour drive from there to maybe four hours from there to where we grew up in Connecticut. Yeah. So I spent quite a few weekends still hanging out with Brian and and getting in the trouble really until I left for Houston in 2003.
1: Yeah, I mm, mean, that's yeah. where I feel like most people that grow up together, that's kind of where the split always happens. You know, I'm just yeah. always curious that people that are so good friends when they're still when they're grown up, because I, I have a buddy who we were like you guys. We could ride bikes to each other's house. We did everything together. We got into trouble. And then it was just like once he ended up moving to you know, a different city, we ended up at the same university and didn't even know it until about two or three years Wow. In, into our you know and we just kind of discovered that That's and we're crazy. like it was like whoa and we reconnected and which is really cool and we and so i, I think a lot of people kind of split at college but it's always good to see that you guys are still friends because i mean he and i i think had he not we lost that time when he moved away we would have been very similar to you guys we, we would have been very close we still hang out we still talk you know and i have very few friends like that I mean, there's yeah. still people that I consider friends that I grew up with, you know, and I still consider them friends, but not as close as what you guys seem to be.
0: It is interesting how it filters down over the years, right? Like, I have quite a few friends from high school that I I had, I have no idea where they are. If they're alive, if they're married, like, I have no clue, you know. But Brian and I have maintained a very close relationship. In fact, we were best men in each other's weddings.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, we actually made a pact. And I don't remember what year or age that was, but we both said— we're going to be best men at each other's weddings. And that was, I mean, easily nine, 10 years old.
1: Was it a blood, was it a blood pack? No.
2: It was either a snowball fight or, or (laughs) there's (laughs) no blood involved. No no blood.
0: You didn't do a blood pack? Oh. Well, let me me paint this picture for you, though, where we grew up. Oh, boy. And in the time that we grew up, you know, summer vacation, for example, would hit. I don't know, Brian, what, I think from, from about nine, maybe 10 years old. Sun would come up. We would have breakfast. We would jump on our bicycles, and we would be gone until the sun went down for out. hours. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. For, we would come back the daytime
1: until someone's yelling on the porch. You know, no, because no? we'd be. They we'd,
0: weren't even we'd yelling be forty we were miles going. away. We 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 <laughs> would ride seriously.
1: I, I like how they're just like, well, they're not going to hear us anyway, so right. Like, <laughs> if, like, if they can figure, if day. they can figure it out, it's a win. <laughs> yeah, know, they can get it back home.
0: But we used to ride. <laughs> we used to ride literally between forty and ninety miles a day. I mean, mm-hmm. we would just. Go from town to town to town to town in Fairfield County. We go, Brian. We go up from the New Canaan area all the way up into Fairfield.
2: Oh,
1: absolutely! Right,
0: and then back, and then sometimes do it again.
1: Yeah, that's but, but that's pretty impressive. We had thighs we, we, like. We awful.
0: mostly
2: get lost in the woods, though. This that's is true.
1: Ah, there about. it we, is. We, there it is. There's the we, truth. You, know, <laughs> you made you made it sound so glamorous and romantic, and like right, we right. used to go from town to town, and we. Forty Tendem. miles a day. I don't know Tendem. about
0: romantic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. You
1: know what? I was I was only in the back of the bus for one day. So you know, there there was a lot of magic happening. I could only imagine if you were permanently
0: there. There you go. I tell you what, Brian's right though about the woods. I mean, where we grew up, it was like a Robert Frost poem come to life. It was just exquisite, right? So they had these young woods that we would go and get lost in. Brian, I mean, how many times did we come across things in the woods that were mind-blowing just just out there oh, rotting uh, away
2: abandon Mack trucks in the middle of woods with mature trees all around them houses that were abandoned and we would spend hours out there just exploring and having fun and our parents were not calling for us no we, we, no we, we were, come we come across
0: we come across like farm trucks in the 1950s and 60s they yeah, were out the, there the golden age. Just, easily it was cool that's, yeah. That actually sounds a lot of fun. It was also super, super dangerous. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, yeah. think about it. Today.
1: All right, Brian, let me ask this: Would you let your kids? Or I mean, are they very similar to how, you know, because you're still you're still in Connecticut? Do they do some of the same activities, things like that?
2: I I, I told Philip I would not let my daughter go from one end of my home to the other and w- without. Having some concern, let alone going out in the woods by yourself
1: You that get that change. bicycle helmet on before you go down the stairs. I'm I am such you, a
2: helicopter man. parent, and I admit it. And, you know, it is what it is. Yeah,
0: I am too. I am too. It is what it is. It, it you have to be.
2: It's a different world. It really is.
1: Well, uh, how many kids do you have? Just one. Just just the one. Okay.
2: Yeah, just one. Phil, just one, and we just kind of yeah. That's where we.
1: Yeah, you guys paused. are really a lot alike. It's we co- are. It's really yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's scary. And yeah.
0: in, in fact, both. Both of our parents, both sets of our parents, used to consider each other like just their other kid. Because yeah. we, were, we were always around. Like, if, if I was in my house on a weekend or a summer day, Brian was there. And, yep. and vice versa. If Brian was in his house, I was there.
2: His it grandmother was, was my nonna. And my grandmother would scream at us and feed us to the point where we would be sick.
0: My daughter does an amazing impression of your grandmother. Really? Yeah, yeah. From my stories specifically remember that's the day that we warming. built remember the day we built the jump for the mountain bikes in your oh, driveway yeah. oh, I do i, right? do I know oh, absolutely. so brian's grandmother is oh, watching wait
1: us. wait hold on before before we talk about nana um who went over the jump first philip mm, was it me <laughs> it might have been me <laughs> okay it been me. That, that's all i needed to yeah. know that yeah, that, yeah, answers, yeah. that answers a lot of questions and, and, okay. and chambers <laughs> th-
2: this was a jump i mean we're not talking about um you know cinder blocks with
1: cinder blocks it, with like a
2: this was like a rock with like whatever wood we can find yeah in the exactly and the, we would try to jump over it no
1: no that's what i was picturing actually thank yeah. you for for finishing that thought because that makes more sense yeah so like a well-constructed you know structure no. or, or something yeah, put no, together really well no. i'm not picturing that no
0: and we're like okay we're gonna build a jump and it's gonna be the highest jump we've ever built and that's what we did. We created the highest jump. was it was it stable? Was it what no. No. Yeah. I'd be impressed no. if it was, but yeah, engineers we were not. But
1: did you know what it, it, when you're a kid at that at that age and you 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 put together like a jump or a fort or something it's always like the most shitty addition that, to the to the structure oh, yeah. that makes it like the most badass. You're like, okay, I'm going to put this extra rock like right under here. It's gonna give you at least another foot. No, you we're know, like it's, Brian, it's like you know, like we get like, Brian's. We're, we're, we're
2: getting like four inches of air and we think we're so badass.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we get Brian's Brian's younger sister, like, here, just, just stick your leg in here for a second. We need some more. <laughs> it was, it
2: was, a little, little rise, a little extra. Yeah. It,
1: was, it was like the jazzer size. Do you ever use the jazzer size trampoline to like dunk on the basketball goal?
0: No, but we each
1: had full size. We had a trampoline.
2: Oh, see,
1: I, yeah I, I, we didn't have There's another
0: thing that could never happen in today's world. I mean, holy shit was oh my that God. dangerous no sides, no oh, no we no protection, used to get just, uh, no supervision. No, we used just to get so jump. hurt. But but before we get into that, so, so oh, my daughter's, sorry, yeah, Nana, my Nana. daughter's in, my yes, daughter's impression. Yes. We build this jump and Brian's off the boat Italian grandmother is watching us for the day. So she's trying not to meddle, trying to let boys be boys, watching us create this thing. I go sailing at it full speed, hit it, bike comes out from underneath me, I go s- completely parallel to the pavement, come down from a few feet, and just crack my head against the pavement.
1: Brian's oh
2: grandmother coming up.
0: Oh, Philippe, I remember. Filippo, what, you, what you Bend the head, you to the
2: head! Bend the head, not, not hurt your head, break your head, bend the head. She, was, couldn't, she was, couldn't. Wait,
1: was Italian her first language? Yes. Oh, okay. That, Off the boat. Yeah. Okay, that makes it more sense. She yeah. couldn't say
0: bend, Brian. That the, benda. Benda. It was benda. That's right. That's
1: you right. bend the, oh, <laughs> oh, the
0: head. Oh, Philippe, you bend the head. Chloe God. loves that story. That's wonderful. And every once in a while, I'll hear her. My my seven-year-old. I'll hear her go.
1: Oh, you. That into the head,
2: like from around a corner. (laughs) Oh, that'll make my mom very happy when she listens to this. This is fantastic. That's great. Well,
1: now Philip tells me you got into acting a little bit, or a little bit, or or in in high school, yeah, in high school I did
2: some, um, you know, some drama classes and things like that. I mean, did uh, you
1: like being on the stage, or were I loved it? What was what was a memorable show, or what, what show do you remember doing, or I guess to you, what was your favorite, if you have one? We
2: were doing some background production some set changes for something i can't even remember and it was during the filming of the ice storm which was a production by eng lee and it was being done in town and it was filmed all over the place so we would film or we would be in production and um, local theater would go we would have a set change we knew we would have a 20 minute break so we would run through the woods and get onto set and we would steal the icicles off of the guardrails. They would be breaking, or whatever the, the case may be. Great memory of doing that. That was with the uh, New Canaan's local theater. And we had so much fun doing that.
0: Was that at Waveney Park?
2: Yeah, that was. Ice Storm was not a great production by any means. It had a lot of big names, but it just showed what New Canaan was in the 70s, a lot of key parties, a lot of weird stuff. And they highlighted some of that. It was. Uh, I-, I showed it to my wife the other day and she said, can I have the last 90 minutes of my life back, please? So, you
1: know. Yeah, it's,
0: it's a very difficult, depressing movie to watch, actually. But I, yeah, I also weird. remember when they were filming that, and it was the middle of the summer, and they yeah. were doing this movie that takes place during one of the greatest ice storms in modern history in the Northeast, right? So they went sure, all out. Sure, sure. Yeah, they not. went all out with fake snow and, and plastic icicles. But Brian Brian grew up, his father had a retail store
2: in downtown yes. New Canaan. And
0: didn't they use your dad's store, the storefront, in that movie?
2: They did. They, they used the storefront for camera equipment, and they used Main Street, and they renamed everything, and, um, and it was kind of a cool time. It was, it was a lot of fun. So
0: the, the, it was a Hallmark store that Brian's dad had, and during summer vacations and weekends, we'd ride our bike from our, ta- our house into town, and we would go in the back door and hang out in the back room of the store, the stock room. Man, we thought that was just the coolest, most behind-the-scenes. Like we're in the know, dude. We're hanging out in the back room of the but school. But there was also the helium tank. Yeah. Uh,
1: we Lots of helium the consumption. Lollipop kids. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder. I wonder what the actual profit loss on that tank was for your poor father. Because we,
2: we couldn't I don't stop. Know. We'd be like, yeah, there weren't many balloons after we would sit meep, there. Meep,
1: meep, and start <laughs> running around, Michael. Like
2: yeah, we were cool. Exactly.
1: So you sound like you enjoyed it. What made you give it up, or what direction did you decide to go?
2: You know, it it was a high school thing. At the time we graduated, I graduated in 98, and it was computers. So I I, I pursued a computer science degree, which later turned into a business degree, and just didn't have the chops to, to, to pursue that. I wish I did. I miss it all the time i was a volunteer firefighter in new canaan to try to give back to the town that uh, we took so much away from at times wait was that Um, the reason that
1: you volunteered or was it really i mean because people that volunteer you give a lot for those positions like i've seen people that for volunteer firefighters they go through training they get i mean you I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a big deal. So I
0: think Brian had a very guilty conscience for how much of that town we lit on fire oh, when we were kids to become a volunteer firefighter. How, Brian, how many times did we go into the woods with flammable chemicals? Gunpowder? So we got our hands on gunpowder once.
1: Gunpowder? Oh, yeah. yeah just what were you doing stuff? with gunpowder?
0: Blowing things up.
2: I... Unsupervised. Deep in the woods. Yeah, the
0: fact that we each have ten fingers is absolutely yeah. amazing.
1: So, all right. So a business school. So congratulations on success in that realm. What has been something that you have been super proud of going forward with your business degree?
2: I would say, um, you know, the direction I went down was getting into property management, started in leasing, you know, sort of worked my way up. You know, I'm I'm, I'm extremely proud at this point to be a tri-state regional manager for the uh, local area and I'm overseeing a few thousand units. Um, we're, we're having some successes in the local suburban market and in the downtown market in Manhattan, as you can imagine, it's it's, it's pretty tough. But we're strictly rentals. I work for a owner, operator, developer, great corporation. I, I'm extremely proud of my team and how they've handled this pandemic, being frontline guys, frontline workers. It was a challenging year, 2020, for sure.
1: How was the market in you know over the past six months?
2: So all of the Manhattan market is moving to the suburbs. I would say for our Connecticut business, we had a record year where our our, our metropolitan market was really tough. We're hoping it bounces back. We know it will. It's a strong city. It's a matter of when, you know, it's been a challenging year. Overall, we've balanced, but um, I'm, I'm hoping for a better year this year.
0: If you could imagine how aimless and shiftless we are, we were rather as children wandering around those woods that we talk about, riding bicycles, never owning up to any responsibility. It is mind blowing for me to hear Brian speaking like this. No, I, I, I I love that. I
1: love that though. You know what I mean? Because it—that's what makes it so great. Because you—you think about. Even some of the like the guys you know was like a steroid shot when you get to college. You it's almost like it, it's a rite of passage. You're like I'm yeah. in college, mm, let's be even dumber, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Look at me. laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, you, yeah, you, hey, new no pants. On. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's just even it's it's hilarious because I I got a buddy who was working on on the hill. Hopefully, he never runs for office because I got incriminating video from a camcorder.
0: So no, hopefully he does. We need some funds. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's. So, like, actually, You know, I'm just like... Save
1: that. You know, it's just... uh, it just it blows my mind to th- when you think back to all this, and so I one applaud you because that's awesome. It shows that you actually grew up, you know, unlike me who am still working on it. Yeah, I
0: mean he's over here giving <laughs> he's over here giving an answer that's worthy of a CNBC interview. I, I know I- right? I'm just sitting well, there I like I should like fun. I should be taking notes totally right. right now. And meanwhile he says oh I got fifty people me. I'm thinking to myself oh all of our mutual friends' parents would have lost that bet. <laughs> 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 it's true. It's true. Like, oh my <laughs> God.
1: Offensive but true. <laughs> uh, Brian, it, did you it, it, have, Do you, you know how everyone kind of gets the labeled in the in high school, right? Or, you yeah. know, class clown or most likely to succeed or whatever the, sure, the sure. quote is. Did you have a quote or were you labeled as something co- I, like you know, graduating I high school? I, was. I, I don't think I
2: was. I don't think I went after that. I, you know, Phil's graduating class, I think, had four people in it. So he may <laughs> have had more of a superlative uh, at that point. But, um, all right.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Four people. Yeah, we're, for me we're...
2: at 200, 200 people, I you know, I, I wasn't uh, rated. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was like me I had about two a little less than 200 but you know and I remember Phil I remember you said it was small I don't remember, remember it being oh, by four more. people
0: yeah I think that my high school graduating class was around 55
1: were you in the 50 percentile of <laughs> for GPA oh the at top best at
2: best buddy <laughs> see, see I loved at Phil best. going to a private school because I got to meet all of his female friends and you know female friends going to a private school I, I thought that was really cool
1: And how ha- and how long have we been married <laughs> we've, been married, we've been married for about seven years <laughs> hi honey <laughs> you know we had a lot of, of fun
0: the, the funny thing about fairfield county connecticut I, I think i've mentioned this before on the show is that really everything is about a 30 minute drive it doesn't matter what you want to do if you're going go to grocery store 30 minutes you're going to go yeah. to the next town 30 minutes it, that's just the way it is even though we were in different high schools it wasn't uncomfortable to make the commute to see each other to hang out because everybody was doing that anyway from their house with their friends from their same high school. It wasn't awkward for us to be in different schools. The only the only real thing was, was positive because we got to share some friends that we otherwise wouldn't have met had we been in the same class.
2: Absolutely. And and for the most part, I would leave my high school day and I would drive up to your school to hang out with you and your friends.
0: Yeah, interestingly enough though, all of my closest friends from Fairfield County went to school with Brian. And I I keep in touch with very, very few people that I went to high school with. I'm I'm social media friends with most of them.
1: Well, that's kind of everyone these days. They they find find you online and then they, you know, friend you It's like, oh, I remember you. you're like, I shouldn't be. (laughs) I remember (laughs) you too, Delete. I still, got, I still got friends that are pending right now that, that from the, from like <laughs> Should I? Should I not? <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> Everyone's got those these days, right? Yeah, when Absolutely. I
0: when I graduated uh, to the question that you asked Brian earlier, I was most likely to become a stand up comedian. That's what they put in my final yearbook.
1: You know what? I would still be I'd still be interested to see you do a little stand up routine. Like go to like do a, i've thought about it like that would be kind of cool I, I you should i, I, I bet you actually yeah. would do a really good job with that
0: all right maybe i'll try it out maybe i'll try it out we when, could do when an covid, an, COVID we is over material. Do an
1: open mic somewhere or something like that i think that'd be really yeah. cool all right i'll
0: write something up when covid's over phil
2: phil, phil was too busy
1: playing lacrosse on the beach
2: in fairfield or in southport that was pretty cool you guys had practice right on the beach
0: yeah, the school that I went to was right on Long Island Sound. And there was a little estuary right across the street from it, so you used to do all kinds of science classes out there, and then we would go run for sports and some lacrosse training that would involve running on the beach and things like that.
1: When you were talking about all the properties and the rentals and stuff, I just, I'm just i an idea guy, so I have a great idea. I'm ready. We're going we're gonna to make this happen. All right, Na- the elevator pitch. I, this is the... <laughs> no. Back of the napkin, let's go. Even Even better, even better. Okay, Neighbors Don't Knock... We go and we do an episode promoting like your it. locations. And we do and we we promote and we go and we do a show, a lot. We do a live show from there. Instead of, so you know how they have all these things for open houses? We do a live podcast for the I open like houses. It.
0: What are you picturing? Like a podcast per location or one episode that we split up throughout the locations?
1: No, I'm, I'm thinking we do one episode per location. This is a serious commitment. Well, listen,
2: that's we, a, we've that's got three properties that are shovels in the ground in DC. We've got one in Boston. We've got one in Coney Island. So I'm saying we we, we we partner
1: up and it becomes a business venture and, you know, and we help push the property.
2: Well, this podcast was more like a business meeting. Can we we write this off? (laughs) Uh, can
1: can, Can we do that? it's 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 recorded so isn't that like contract isn't that verbal that's contract? true right that's there? True. <laughs> happened. we have record of it right here yeah yeah
0: <laughs> might not be law up there in connecticut but down here in texas <laughs> Anything that's going. how we do yeah.
1: it well and and uh, fair enough we don't sound like texans I, I don't know actually i'm curious do you think that i, I have a, a southern accent no no not okay. at all because i don't get that a lot but then i have fa- I have family in in uh ohio and some in new york and they always say, you know, you're the Texas family or, you know, we hear we hear the accent. But I, I think it's just more or less. I don't sound like you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't hear it.
2: Like... Philadelphia's got very distinct Boston, New York. Because I, I can
1: hear East. in your voice. I, I hear a northeastern like okay. style. of. I mean, it's not like it's thick, you know, or anything like yeah, right. an so, Italian family. But right. I, I can hear definitely that. I would guess you're from. Somewhere up north. I can hear it too. Interesting. And
0: interestingly enough, I was visiting Brian and some of our mutual friends about 10 years after I moved to Houston. And we were hanging out in some bars in, in downtown Stamford, Connecticut. A few. And a few. <laughs> a few. Yep. And uh, the
1: start of the usual. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, exactly.
0: But interestingly, one of our mutual friends turned to me and he goes, I can't believe how much your accents changed. I said, What are you talking about? You know, I don't have an accent. I didn't have an accent when I lived in the Northeast. I don't have one now. He goes, first of all, yes you did. Secondly, yes you do. But thirdly, you're just too damn polite everywhere you go. Nobody here is that nice. <laughs> I was about
1: to say that, that's a that's a northeastern trait that, that's not common, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, well no, everybody everybody in the Northeast is nice. It's not like it is down here though.
1: You don't right? have the southern charm yeah you don't have
0: that sort of yeah. over the top oh excuse me let me get that door all the <laughs> time that you do
1: he, like he didn't say thank you i did nothing and he didn't say thank you right what's wrong with my waiter
2: <laughs> you, you well know. i spent some time in, in in westchester county you know not known for being the kindest and friendliest and warmest of of folks
1: now, where and is where's West where's Westchester? Where uh, is Westchester? Yeah, I'd
2: say White Plains.
1: Okay, yeah, okay, that, that makes more sense. That area. Okay,
2: and and I would go to see my family for the weekend, and I would stop by to get a bottle of wine, and someone would hold the door for me and say, "Thank you, sir." Hello. I, I was so taken aback. Like, wh- where am I? Is <laughs> what this... the
1: fuck? So very successful, but you've also had a lot of a lot of things going on in your family and things like that. That's kind of helped lead into. Some of the endeavors that you've taken on, some of the projects that have yes. come about. Why don't you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I I appreciate you guys having me on to talk about do some reminiscing and and also some of the serious stuff. So, you know, my daughter has had some health issues the last few years. Um, you know, this started I would say late 2018. My daughter had pneumonia. She had all sorts of weird, weird things that were popping up and they were in succession. And we we took her to our pediatrician and said, you know, check her out, what's going on? It it took probably 90 days for them to finally do blood work. And when they did, they said, her hemoglobin is very low. You know, her white blood count is very low. Her red blood count is very low. They said, let's watch it. So we waited and waited and waited. And um, you know, it, it, it's the waiting that kind of frustrated me, uh, and and my wife. And Brian, and so, she she
0: was what? She was about three years old at this point.
2: Yeah, she was. Uh, she was. She, You're talking 2018. Turned three. We're not expecting anything but you know some common colds, the flu, you know, normal stuff. So finally, we got to the point where we said, "She's complaining of stomach aches." And you guys are parents, and you, you know, you 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 know what it's like to have a child say my stomach hurts and she was complaining about it forever. And we said, it's probably constipation. It's probably this. Yeah. You
0: just kind of of ignore it. Frankly, they say
1: it's kind of this it's kind of this. Oh, it's, it's probably that. I'm just like, is this your professional opinion? It's kind of this. Right. (laughs) Right.
2: right. Well, one of the, the thought is like, I, I don't know. I've got a business degree. I'm looking to you. It took me a while to say, you know, she's complaining about this stomach ache. Can we do something more? And we went up to Yale, New Haven, did an ultrasound and got a call within, I'd say, you know, probably six or seven hours. And the doctor said, you know, do, do you have a moment? Is your wife there? And I said, oh, geez, this is not, not good. And they said that the ultrasound has discovered a, a grapefruit sized tumor in your, in your daughter. Oh no. Okay. Could this be benign? Is this malignant? You know, what, what do I know? I, I know none of this.
1: I mean, but hearing that
2: it, oh, it, it's, it's a so like, awful. That,
1: that's gotta be gut wrenching just in general. I mean, regardless of the outcome, that's, I don't understand how anyone can even hold it together knowing how much, yeah. you know, your, your child is becomes your world. I mean, I know how my, much my parents you know, even when we got sick and, and you were saying how you don't even want to let her walk down the hall without <laughs> right. a safety net around right. her, you know? So I, I imagine how did you and your wife cope with that? Did, did you, did so you, guys- my wife
2: was actually at the grocery store at the time the call came in. So it was just me. And I felt, I felt so guilty. I said, I, I, I can't accept this information without her being here. And the doctor said, normally I wouldn't do this, but given the time She's like, we feel that this is either neuroblastoma or a Wilms tumor or something like that. No idea what that meant. So, no at this,
0: so at this point, was the doctor that you were having the conversation with basically saying, like, no, you need
2: to act right now? Or was it? Yeah, that's opinion. a great question. Yeah, I, I said to her, so how do we know that this is not a benign tumor? And she said to me over the phone, "It it, it is certainly not. You know, they said, you need to get into clinic. Immediately tomorrow, and we need to uh, do further work up.
0: Just hearing you tell this story has the hair on my neck standing up on end. I've got the chills. I mean, that is unimaginable as a parent to have that conversation.
1: I, I don't have I don't have kids. I mean, I come from a big family. When you when you're not an only child, when you hear news and things like that, you have nieces and nephews and even other siblings. And just hearing that type of information is gut wrenching. I can't even imagine what it's like if it's your own, your own child. I applaud you. I, I don't know how well you were keeping it together at, at this phone call at that junction, but yeah. I appreciate you being able to talk about this with us. Yeah, for
0: sure. So what, so what was the next step? Like, what did you have to do?
2: So we, we, we jumped into uh, Yale New Haven's pediatric hospital, which was exceptional. And they did a full workup, ran blood, a bunch of scans and they came back and they said, you know, it is definitely a tumor. Um, there is more involvement and we're, we're considering this to be neuroblastoma. So, um, you know, that was a game changer. We had never, I, I've never heard that name before. So research started and we said, you know, I come from a family that doesn't take um, one diagnosis. We take extra opinions. We go to the city best doctors in the world. And and that's what we did. You know, we, we reached out to Memorial Sloan Kettering. They've got a wonderful pediatric oncology center and they focus and have a huge division on neuroblastoma. I, so that's, that's where we started.
1: I just want to, you know, not to, to interrupt you, but it, I have to ask, when has it become too much when it comes to research, because I imagine you're, you're like, you said, you just, the research yeah. starts, you are going to learn and read everything. What you would, do. be, when does it, or I guess, what recommendation would you give to maybe people going through this situation when, because there's gotta be a breaking point. There's gotta be when too much is too sure. much, right. You know, but no one really understands that unless you've gone through it. So when would you say is that breaking point?
2: I mean, honestly, Brian, you know, it's a great question. I, I, I would say to anybody that has a child and, and neuroblastoma hits typically from birth to about four five, six years old. That's, that's their hot spot. You know, if your child is experiencing abdominal pain, that is just, there's nothing you can do to do away with it. You've got to see your pediatrician. These pediatricians do not see enough of this. There are only 700 cases of this diagnosed per year in the United States, oh wow! So these doctors don't see this. This is not a common cancer. The recommendation is, if the stomach hurts, ask for an ultrasound. Ask to see what's going on inside the body. Just going through some constipation and normal things, it's not going to tell you the whole story.
1: Wow! Wow! Oh, wow! That's that's actually good advice. That's good advice. And for anyone listening, um, you know, with with young kids and things like that. So uh, just make sure that you're talking to your pediatrician and and absolutely you know listening listening to your to your kids i i mean that's a big thing so obviously we have a success yes with your daughter
2: yeah brian we we do i mean what we started so after 2018's diagnosis at the end of the holiday season we were told by sloan kettering i don't care where you go it was a an amazing amazing oncologist Brian Kushner, he's, he's world renowned. He said, I don't care where you go, get chemo started immediately. So we went to Yale and said, let's get the protocol started. So we started the protocol and we ran through two or three rounds of really nasty chemo. And so there is a, a governance in the United States called the Children's Oncology Group. And they sort of reach out to 250 or more centers in the US. And those centers, they meet once a year, they talk about what their protocol is for certain pediatric cancer. There are a few, there's one in Houston, um, and there thankfully is one in New York City that kind of divert from that. They're more of a research hospital. And they say, the Children's Oncology Group, or or COG, as I I, I will refer to them, uh, does it one way, whether you're stage one, two, three, four, We'll do it your way. Um, and, and that's the way that they tell you you have to do it. But these other centers, this one in Houston, there's one in um, Germany, there's one in England, they're more of a boutique. They cater to your child's diagnosis and they cater the treatment to what's going on with your child.
1: I, I feel like that's how As, it should be though.
2: Agreed. And, and somewhere like you know a, a, a COG hospital says this is the diagnosis. We do 17 rounds of this. Then we do a major surgery and then we do a transplant and then we go on to immunotherapy. And we said, you know, let's research it. What what, what is a transplant? What what does this entail? So our research really began and and I started to really become a, you know, a subject matter expert in, in, in this to try to understand what the hell was going on for this very rare cancer.
0: Okay. So let's, Let's back up just a second here, so we can get a more complete story. Neuroblastoma itself does it attack a specific uh, part of the body, or you know, is, is, is there something common about it when it's diagnosed? Like, how does it work?
2: It's a ner- it's a central nervous system cancer, and there is no known cause for this. Right, doctors are still miffed as to where this comes from, but they're working on treatments to treat it. So it starts in the central nervous system, but it loves to go into the adrenal gland and the adrenal gland sits right above the kidney. And so for most kids, most kids this sits right above the kidney and um, it becomes a, you know, if it's not diagnosed quickly, it becomes a larger tumor. And in some, in Kaya's case, you know, you've got to imagine a, you know, three, four-year-old girl uh, weighing in at 30 pounds, let's say, with a grapefruit on top of her kidney. Yeah,
0: when
1: you so say that's a lot of pain. Like, like that's a lot of pain, like a quarter it's the a size of, of her almost. Yeah, yeah. when you say yeah.
0: grapefruit size, my heart stopped. I mean that is
2: that it, is it's it's insane. But but if it's not diagnosed and treated at that point, it spreads. So so this is where um the the the, the structure of the the scale becomes, you know, is it stage one, two, three, four? It not only goes from a solid tumor, but then it spreads into the bone marrow itself. Wow. And not only from the bone marrow, then if it, if it continues from the bone marrow, it gets into the bone itself. So you can have uh, a solid tumor, you can have uh, a bone marrow, and you can actually have bone cancer with neuroblastoma. So forgive me for
0: two more painful questions about this initial sure. diagnosis. No, please. What stage was Kaya when they figured out what this was?
2: 100% stage four. Wow, and okay. that was that was high risk.
1: Is that is that kind of the the most extreme?
2: That's the extreme. She, so we did a genetic testing to see if this there was some sort of genetic.
1: Oh, that's uh, that, that's mutation. Smart. Yeah, that's smart.
2: Yeah, so 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 we do that to see if there's you know an even higher risk, and thankfully, knock on wood, she was not.
0: That's great. So
2: she, she was stage stage four because she had the primary tumor. There was bone marrow involvement, and then there was at least, uh, I would say, a dozen um, tumors within the bone itself from head to toe. I mean, from skull to...
0: Wow. So stage four basically meaning that the cancer had spread to other systems in her body very actively and very obviously. Yeah. Are are they giving, as parents, are they giving you odds at this point? Are they talking about five-year survival rates, or is it more just it's stage four, it's spreading, we have to act now, don't worry about outcomes, we just have to get the initial work done right away. How how does it go?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, you know, any center you talk to, whether it's a a, a COG hospital, or it's it's a research hospital like Sloan, um, they don't do that. They don't like to do that. They like to tell you what your options are. And the first call that I got right in this room, actually, from Brian Kushner at, at Sloan, he said, Brian, I assure you, this is a very treatable disease. So, you know, that was nice to hear, but I also did some research and I heard that, you know, there are three to five year survival rates um, without instance of, of reoccurrence that are low. And, and, and that's been increased because of some of the progress that they've made along the way, I mean, major progress in the last 10 years.
1: Well, and let's talk about that a little bit, because you guys have been involved or had the the fortunate, um, good fortune of being involved with a couple of programs that have helped you guys along the way. I mean, one being the uh, Band of Parents. Yes. Tell us about the Band of Parents a little bit.
2: Yeah, Band of Parents are just, they they are an amazing organization. Um, They formed in the middle of uh, the 1990s it was probably 50 to a hundred families that were going through this and they're being treated with at Sloan. And they said, there's gotta be a better way. We've got to band together. we got to figure this out. So they literally band together. And they said, what can we do to fund this? Let's talk to their chief oncologist. And they talked to a, in, in my opinion, an, an absolute genius, Nekong Chong, who is the, um, One of the most amazing oncologist research doctors at Sloan and they said, what can we do? You know, everybody's coming to you guys. We need an answer. And so he said, we can do a lot, but we have no funding. It's such a niche.
1: We're talking about 700 kids a year. And that's always it,
0: right? That's always it well, for yeah, the medical field is funding, funding, it's funding, It's all about funding. money. Well, because yeah. you think
1: about right? that, though. I mean, I don't want to say because I, I think we need funding all over the medical field. But I, I you can't, I guess, knock them in in a, in a sense because you're like, well, where can we help the most? The opposite, right. yeah. You, you know right. what I mean? And so, right. Where makes, does that go? What exactly, do you do? Exactly. That makes it very difficult. So I, I understand yeah. that predicament. So, yeah. so Band of Parents was that that solution then.
2: They were the bridge to that gap, and they funded this program to come up with an immunotherapy that would sort of change the the dynamic of what this diagnosis was. And they've increased the you know the life expectancy um, and, and the non-event bearing life of these kids with this diagnosis by easily 15, 20 percent. And they were able to fund a trial, which Kaya was able to, my daughter Kaya was able to be a part of, which just finished and it gained FDA approval middle of December. So now this is available to anybody in the United States. That's awesome. Huge. Wow.
1: That's amazing.
2: It was a 10 year trial. Um, You know, it was less toxicity and it was just trying to program the body's immunoresponse to these cancer cells and it used uh, you know an injection to boost white blood count um you know to use these white blood cells as fighters to find these neuroblastoma cells and kill them it's, and it, it sounds like the avengers body to do that. sounds right. like the
1: avengers right a band, it's and, amazing. band I mean, of parents, parents and, and Thanos is the cancer and you and you <laughs> yeah.
0: credit you 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 credit band of parents to really coming up with the money that was necessary to make it possible
2: 100% 100 110% They did this, they funded it, they made it happen. And and what's so incredible to me is that I actually had a sit down meeting. We we, we started a a 501c3, which uh, took a bit of a pause because of our additional health issues with Kaya. But I had the privilege and honor to sit down with these chief oncologists and the creator of this treatment, Humanized 3F8. And he told us in this meeting that he has been successful in mice with another treatment that he has to completely destroy soft tissue tumors in mice non, non-surgically non-surgically we're, wow. we're talking about an injection with a an isotope that goes into the body that attacks these tumor cells destroys them it it, it has destroyed soft tumor cells tumors in mice it's destroyed them, and it's excreted through the urine. But I mean, that it, sounds it's like still, science. I mean, it's, it's, it's designed. Still in it's phase, out there.
1: Is it, is it officially out there, or is it still in trial phase?
2: It it, it hasn't even gotten to trial because of funding. Oh, so, okay. So, you know, we, we, we talk about um, where we need to go. We need to get funding to be able to even get this to start. Human trials is it, – it's out there. You've got to get to phase one, two, three – it's a 10 to 15 year endeavor to try to get this. That's mind blowing to me.
0: That's mind blowing yeah. to me because it sounds to me like what you're talking about with this guy. It sounds like science fiction.
2: That's what I said the same when I heard it. It's growing was... an
1: ear on its
0: back. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Right? <laughs> it sounds like science yeah. fiction. Yeah. And Seriously, it's true. But But more so, it's absolutely amazing and disheartening and disturbing to me. To hear one of the leading cancer researchers in the world say, "I have destroyed soft tissue tumors in mice," yeah, but I don't, but have I can't money. do anything. Yeah, that's mind blowing.
2: Yeah, mind-blowing. yeah. It, it it it's very frustrating.
0: Well, so, okay. So how do we how do we fix that? How do we how do we go about we're, getting gonna solve, we're gonna solve
1: it right now. We're gonna solve the world's problem. Let's man, go. Man, yeah. man. Neighbors don't we are not getting paid enough. Wait, oh, we are not getting paid anything.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. So so my, my previous partner and I sat down in this meeting and we, we sat down with these leading, you know, oncologists and scientists, and they said, you know, you, you need to raise ten to fifteen million dollars to get this into the arms of children.
1: how, how is that years, going? How is that going, by the way?
2: It, it's slow. It, it's slow. Is it slow.
1: Where can yeah. people? Where can people go? Because we'd like oh. to, we'd like to let people know where can they go if they want to get involved or help or even donate.
2: Yeah, Brian, thank you so much for asking. I mean, there are so many funds and and, and charities that are so near and dear to my heart that serve certain purposes. But if you want to contribute to the to the research and to, to making this happen, it's MSK Kids memorial sloan kettering kids it's the pediatric arm of msk they are putting every penny and sometimes doubling that at certain times of the year and they're putting that towards uh, research for pediatric cancer and 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 if we can solve pediatric cancer we can put a huge dent into cancer itself
1: all of our listeners out there uh, msk kids the link is going to be in our episode description so if you want to figure out or get involved donate or just find someone to contact and reach out just to get some more information. Passing and, and learning, just learning about it is, is Absolutely. huge.
0: Yeah, and we'll do that and we'll do our own research. But at the same time, 10 to $15 million to get, you know, treatment started with actual humans, to me, that doesn't sound like a lot of money. I mean, it, it just seems... It doesn't. It's it crazy, doesn't. right? Like, to all the Elon Musk and the Jeff Bezos yes. and the Tim Cooks of the world, if you're listening Where to the they, show... Where they
1: can sneeze and about a million dollars falls on the table. I, I agree. You know...
2: And, and we scratch our heads, too. We say, why not?
0: yeah' I'm, I'm very What's hesitant happening? to to say that, but actually, I agree one hundred percent in this case. like come on, if that's what it's going to take to put a serious dent into pediatric cancer, there well, are people that can solve that problems with a snap of the fingers tomorrow absolutely
1: I, I and i I agree to an extent, but but again, coming from the other side, not knowing where other people's their interest lies. you know they they I'm yeah. sure are funding multiple things and oh, things yeah. like that. and absolutely but to your point, Brian, and, and yours, Philip, I, I agree with you guys. I, I think we should be throwing more money, especially with with cancer within kids. I, I think, especially to the youth that have to go through this suffering at that age, I think that's even even harder not not just for them, but for the families. Just you know, in general.
2: Oh, and it's such it's such a brutal. Process. It, it, it's the chemo. It's a twelve-hour surgery. It's radiation, and you have to hope that it doesn't come back. And if it does, you have to kind of start everything over again. So you know, these kids uh, in neuroblastoma starts in newborns up to four, five. That's sort of the hotspot, and it's just such. It's it's difficult. It's difficult for the family to try to support that. You have to hope that you have insurance that supports that. There are surgeons, uh, Dr. Michael LaQuaglia, that was our surgeon, that is uh, sort of slowly stepping down from what he's doing. He is a Memorial Sloan Kettering surgeon. He specializes and does this every single day. And people come from all over the world to have his hands take care of their children. No, that's incredible! He, he, he's incredible.
1: Well, uh, what's incredible. the light? What's the lighter side of this? Because obviously, when, when someone usually is sick, there you always in my at least it would be in my house. We, we'd have to laugh about something. I, I know when uh, I had a family member that, that got sick, we would joke about it. We we would literally openly just kind of mock it, right? Even though it was still a yeah. serious thing, but yeah. but to, you have just to give that little lighter side to it. Has your daughter been very good about that? Or is that mostly with you guys?
2: Oh, my daughter's the she, she is just, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I, I, I just want to be like her with strength and dignity. She lost her hair during the first course of this. You know, we went through immunotherapy, it grew back, it was down to her shoulders. We saw a little spot that kind of lit up again, and we had to go back to some chemo. She lost it all again. And she just takes it on. She's incredible. She finds Barbie dolls without hair. And she says, that Barbie looks like me. And there are amazing charities. There are amazing causes. Uh, Yale New Haven has an incredible child life program where they provide you with American dolls that don't have hair. And they come in and they paint with you and they make you feel as if nothing changed. And that's what, what, what has kept her going and that's what's kept me going to be quite honest with you. How have the other kids been in her school with this? Yeah, so so she's still in a um a pre-K program and these kids have seen her sort of without and when she came back there was maybe a day of adjustment, but after that it was no big deal. Oh, that's great. So they yeah? well
1: cuz there's if I I would imagine that because they they're at that point they might be confused, but they're still young enough Yes. To, to where they haven't had these pop culture, overflow, internet, TikTok, whatever you want to call it, you know, I throw, would go, thrown in I, their face. I mean, I'm not saying that they haven't, but I, I think at that point they're still seeing them as a person versus like the whole yes, stereotype thing.
2: Absolutely.
0: I, I agree 100%. It's an interesting testament to how different it is being a kid in 2021 than it was when we were kids. Because I guarantee yeah. you kindergarten pre-k first grade when i was a kid when brian and i met it was a
1: horrible place oh
0: man there have been some mean kids it was out a there a horrible I, place i really think that's changing I, you know, we, we always talk about how oh the good old days and oh people go way overboard with like bullying and all this stuff yeah. but the reality is kids are nicer they, they certainly can, they can be. be i
1: agree with you because uh, I, I was kind of a little bitch i mean in kindergarten <laughs> i used to want to go to the blocks all the time you know when it came to centers or, you know, you wanted the free... So I would, like, try to switch my name because they had names under, you know, which center you were supposed to be at. So you knew which ones you liked. I'd always try to switch my name. And then I'd walk over there and, like, strip my... You know, like, I'm in the blocks today. See ya. You yeah, know, yeah. like, you know... <laughs> well, but even my... <laughs> it's like, get to step in over to play <laughs> So you're always a diva, basically. <laughs> well... Since, since
0: you were a kid. I, I see.
1: I, 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 can, I, was, I, I can picture I, that. I was a... Ni- I, oh, I say... I was nice about it, but I was still kind of sneaky at the same time. Well, you have to be, right? Right.
0: you, you got to be. survive. you got to
1: you know, survive. You know, for for me, in, in
2: my daughter's situation, I, I give a lot of credit to my sister and my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law. They taught their kids to understand that there's going to be some diversity. There's going to be some changes. And so when the hair loss would happen, you know, they would get onto a FaceTime or a uh, you know, kids, YouTube, whatever it may be, and they wouldn't even skip a beat. It's just, hi, Kaya, how are you? Here we are, oh, that's and they great. wouldn't even think anything of it. And and I I I just I praise my family for such great parenting and for making Kaya feel so comfortable. Well, that's fantastic, right?
0: Because her only your daughter's you only to. understanding of the world is yeah, she's going through pain and awfulness. Yeah. But then everything else is going to be what's fed to her, right? Yeah. So that's tremendous. Yeah, you should
1: start thing. telling her about stories about the back of the bus.
2: Oh, uh, that's you know? coming. D- don't yo. don't
1: worry that's about cool. don't worry about the birds and the bees. Just be like, hey, Kaya. By the way, listen, pal. <laughs> life- yeah, I, I <laughs> had I a bus mom- driver that
2: couldn't move his neck, but <laughs> yeah. he drove fifty
0: kids. I think it throughout was the my- town of New Canaan. <laughs> Life, life at the back of the bus was hard knocks, okay? <laughs> gonna, it was hard knocks.
1: We're, we're, gonna, we're just going to do an episode called Back of the Bus. That, that's going oh, to be great episode. Or, or, or we just write a book. We can co-author a book. Well, Brian, yeah, buddy, bef-
0: before we get back to joking too, too much, I, I do yeah. want to ask you a couple more questions because I know that you've sure. been involved in, in all kinds of organizations. So you were talking about the nonprofit that you had started. What about other organizations? So I know that, that there were people in New York City who were tremendously supportive of your daughter. I know that there were experiences you had in hospitals that you want to share with the listeners, and I want to give you the opportunity quickly to do
2: that. Yeah, I, I appreciate that so much. So uh, one of the big ones that just stands out uh, before I go into you know uh, what's helped us physically, Candlelighters NYC. The the founder of this is Barbara Zobian. This is an incredible human being that with her husband together founded this years ago. And on the day of my daughter's surgery, this woman, not knowing us from a stranger on the street, held my mother's hand from the Ronald McDonald house, five blocks away, while my daughter was undergoing a 10 hour surgery. And she held her hand and she walked her and sat with us throughout the entire surgery. And she gave us, she told us, do do you need a stroller? Do you need uh, blankets? Do you need this? Do you need that? Surgery was two years ago. She continues to be an absolutely incredible resource. She reaches out to me and says, do you want to meet a princess today? She gets Kaya set up. With a princess when the 4th of July fireworks went off, she sets up an escort to the front lines with the NYPD to see the the, the fireworks for all the kids that are part of this.
1: Uh, Barbara, big shout out to you. Thank you yeah, so Bar- much. Barbara
2: Zobian, she is family to me. She will always be family to me. I, I, I cannot thank her enough. The other one is Ronald McDonald House. You know, we all hear a lot about that. I think we all feel that that is so well-funded from McDonald's itself, but it's not. To all the listeners that are out there, if you're in McDonald's and you see that little box, you know, put a couple bucks in there. That's all that goes towards the Ronald McDonald House. Ronald McDonald House has allowed me to run my business, run my company for the last 12 months because of what they're funding and the Ronald McDonald House in New Haven, Wendy and her team that are there. They're absolutely incredible. This is a class, a residence for people that are going through this. They provide shelter, they provide shower, they provide meals. I can't express what it means to me. It's been huge. We we donated a brick. Uh, if you do visit that, you you will see Kaya's name on the walk to the entrance of uh, that Ronald McDonald house. And that's it's the Kaya's one in New Haven?
0: Yeah. For our listeners? Yeah. Okay. So if you want to see yeah. Kaya's name on the brick, go, uh, go to the New Haven Ronald McDonald house. There, Without yeah. a
2: doubt. So, so, you know, those are my huge, you know, MSK kids, that's the research, you know, Candlelighters, NYC, they are taking care of people from out of this country, from all over the world. Uh, Ronald McDonald House, um, you know, they need your donations. They need it.
0: So give us some light at the end of the tunnel here. Where, where is Kaya right now with, with, with the whole process? What's the next step? Is the next step
2: vaccine? Next step is vaccine. We've got um, a full round of uh, scans next week. We're going to do CT scan, CAT scan, MIBG, MRI and uh, bone marrow uh, biopsies. And then once we get the results from that, we're hopefully gonna move her into the vaccine trial, which is essentially a booster from the immunotherapy that she's received.
0: So I do wanna talk about this a little bit, and I know we're going long, but I do wanna talk about this a little bit because the vaccine that we're looking at, this is a messenger RNA vaccine, right? Yeah, it is. So this is, okay, so I'm curious, since you've been around so much of this medical stuff for the past two years, have as you, as you watched your daughter go through it? And have you watched her thrive and be incredibly strong? Which, yeah. to your point from earlier, I cannot believe how strong your daughter is. I mean, I, I've got nothing compared to her strength. Do you, do you think that Operation Warp Speed that brought us the COVID vaccines Do you think that's going to help with things like these cancer vaccines and getting them online more quickly? Or do you think there's no trickle-down effect at all?
2: Yeah, you know, Phil, I I don't think there is. I think with the incoming administration, I think um, because of President Biden's relationship to his son and what happened to him, I think there uh, there is a thought and process to cancer. And I hope and I pray that he does pursue that but but i don't know if that you, you, you think the focus
1: is is covid and that's like to kind of tunnel for yeah for what's going on with that
2: yeah i i don't know that that will transcend into pediatric cancer okay uh and and we're so hopeful and with the vaccinations and you know continued efforts i think we have a chance
1: well sure. can Make sure that you send us updates. We'd love to hear how she's doing and how you Absolutely. guys are doing. So, I appreciate that very so, much. So I think it's, it's Team I, Kaya. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's fantastic. So when Shaking so when up. team
0: so when Team Kaya beats this whole thing, what do you think? Oh yeah. You, you think you're gonna be a little more lenient, maybe let her get on the bicycle lobster.
2: And... Yeah. I might, I might move her bedtime from seven fifteen to seven twenty five. Oh Rebel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, deserves it. Oh, well, let her I, let her go ride that there, bicycle a little bit, there, you know. Exactly. Yeah. We're getting the trampoline. Yes. <laughs> no maybe child should have a trampoline. A dog, maybe. Oh, yeah. oh, a dog
2: no nah, we have a cat <laughs> quickly, a i like how you yeah. quickly
1: nix that you're like we're good getting... no we're yeah, we
2: already have a cat cats are self-sustaining that, so. they're good
1: well thank you so much brian we want to thank you for coming on we want to thank, thank you, you for, for sharing me. your story man and filling us in on a little bit of background of our co-host Ooh. Here, philip
0: Oof. backstory brian buddy it's good to see you thank you so much for taking the time to educate us a little bit
2: yeah brother we you wish too. you and your family absolute I, I really the absolute appreciate best. the forum, guys. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's it's really tough. It's a challenge, and we need awareness.
1: Abs- absolutely. And for all of our listeners out there, if you want to find out about what Kai is up to, we're going to be posting up as she's going through. You can also find the link to all of the uh, ways to get involved with pediatric cancer research and donate and ways like that in our episode description. So make sure you check that out. And also, make sure you follow us on social media. Hit that like button and the subscribe to hear new episodes every Friday. If neighbors don't knock, Philip. Peace, buddy. I'll see you next week.